Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Hey, we're lucky to have another great guest today. Um, somebody that's been in the community for a little while, and but he's been in the food industry for a long time. Uh, we've got Teak Danielle from P- the Pacific Yard House, and what a great place here in Conroe. Uh, the food, the environment, the music, entertainment there uh, is is great. And uh, we've got Teak with us to share with us some some uh, thoughts on what 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 the what they're going to be doing over there to expand, what they're going to be adding to the menu, his history in the, um, in the restaurant business. He's got a long uh, list of accomplishments and experience in the hospitality business. So he's lived in Arkansas. He came to Texas. Uh, he's run several successful restaurants, uh, and he's been a part of some really great teams. And uh, he's He's been in leadership uh, for a while now doing that and, and just continues to grind, just is a, is a worker. He knows how to make things happen, and, he, and he, whatever he touches really turns uh, to, to something good in that food business. And so I can't wait to hear what he has to say about the future of the Pacific Yard House and what he thinks about his footprint here in Conroe, Texas. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Bridge Podcast. Today, I am I have the privilege of having Teak Danielle from the Pacific Yard House with us. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, I wanted to get uh, an idea. I've, I've been to your place several times, and uh, it's always hopping. It's always There's always something going on over there. And uh, talk to the audience a little bit about how you started, what kind of went off in you that mm-hmm. said I'm gonna this is the, what I have a vision for and this is what I want to do and in Conroe is where I want to do it so Mike Postel is actually the one that owned that that started off with the restaurant I was brought in about three months after it opened and uh, he had the concept up and running I think um, <laughs> and we just need to make a cute a couple changes we changed the music format a couple different times um, we run a lot more local artists and um, emerging artists than we did when we first um, started makes it a little bit easier for people to get in and out Um, we normally we used to do tickets on Fridays and Saturdays and we pretty much started doing uh, no ticket items on Friday so people can get in and out and eat and stuff yeah a lot more easily makes it easier to do the seating yeah and we have our ticketed events on Saturday okay that's cool yeah it's good to know um so have you always been in the Hospitality, food, business? I've been in restaurants since, um, as long as I can remember. I have a degree in finance. Yeah. But I never really used it. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot more fun now, right? Yeah. It's a little bit, uh, a little more fun. Yeah, yeah. A little so, longer hours, probably, but it's fun. Well, for those of us that don't know you uh, completely, like, talk about just kind of your background a little bit. Like, how did you, are you from Conroe? No, and, I'm actually from um, Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. Uh, yeah. Long um, way from home. A little bit. Um, I was in restaurants and it kind of took me out um, towards, um, I, I lived in, in Birmingham, Alabama for a little while, in Montgomery, Alabama, I uh, went to Little Rock, Arkansas with a restaurant concept, I uh, opened my own place there, 
Um, my, my wife's family is from Austin mm. originally, and um, we really just wanted to get our, our folks are getting old, yeah. and we really just wanted to get closer to home. And uh, she was from Houston originally. We didn't really want to move to Austin because that's where our parents live. Okay. So uh, that's how we got to this area. And then I ran across Mike, or he ran across me uh, through the mutual friends and <clears throat> asked me if I'd be interested in coming down and helping him get in this restaurant fixed um, and running right. And uh, so I took the challenge. Yeah. Are you, a, are you more of a people manager or are you more of a kind of just vision for how it's going to lay out uh, and I do a little bit of you have to be a little bit, do a little bit of everything I mean I control the kitchen more than anything mm -hmm. but I have people that do the dining room service and I'm out there a lot too you mm -hmm. have to be involved in what's going on and get feedback from your people so um I can do a little bit of everything yeah yeah so how long have you been in, in that business that that hospitality business since uh 1993 so it's been a, a little while. bit, yeah. A while. So yeah. you uh, you ran, did you ever run your own place yeah, at I did. one point? I ran one in um, Searcy, Arkansas called yeah. Doc's Grill. But uh, it's really the same menu that we run now. Is it? Yeah. Same sort of concept? Like if you were to look at it, We didn't do music. Kind of well, the, food, the food's the same. The concept's different. We do a lot more music and entertainment here than I've ever done. Really? Um, yeah. Right. But it's still fun. It brings yeah. people in. And when, when I first got there... When I first arrived at Pacific Yard House, they were doing music, and you really needed it because there really wasn't a whole lot of um, foot traffic downtown, and so we were using the music as advertisement to get people to come to the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And there were some other venues, Red Brick and um, the Corner Pub that did music too, mm -hmm. but um, they added a, I think a, you know, superior sound system, and and that venue is just a little bit larger, so it's easier for us to get the okay. economies of scale in there than than probably the other places. Okay, all right. Well, uh, so you've been in Conroe for how long? Four years now. Four. Okay. Four years. What are your What are your thoughts? Like, what's your assessment now? Are you uh, are you a lifelong Conroe guy now? I mean, you <clears> see be here for quite a while. Rooted yeah. here. I think um, just the nature of the business that I'm in. I think I know everyone in town pretty much. So I would think so. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I got a lot of regulars, and we have we have a lot of regulars in the restaurant. And a lot of people that um, that frequent our place a lot, and it's cool. It's good to know the people you're taking care of. You know, I like that. I think I like that the most yeah. out of, you know, in a big city. You know, whether you're in Houston or or um, wherever you're at, yeah. if you're you're running a restaurant that's got, you know, five hundred thousand people, and it, it's a little more difficult to get to know everybody. So yeah, and that's and cool. Conroe's kind of got that big city feel with a small town yeah. vibe going, but. Yeah. Uh, I I want to I wonder like as you kind of came up through the ranks with restaurants and and just leadership and because we want to talk about leadership a little bit and mentoring because the people want to get to know who are the folks that are running these places that we're frequenting right that right. were uh, so what what do you I guess coming up through does was there anything that made you decide this was what you wanted your life's work to be like coming up did you just fall in love with that sort of well i was a when I, deal? when I was in college uh, going through i went to florida state and um basically worked my way through college as a server and bartender mm. um i worked back in the day it was applebee's when mm -hmm. when they were just emerging as a as a concept and um i started doing new store openings with them and did just about every new store opening in florida did like 120 of them and 
in a five-year span so i was always on the road doing a lot that of hours stuff. yeah so yeah, it's fun you get to meet a whole bunch of different people mm-hmm. you know and um it's work but you know it's i don't know it's just a little different yeah most fun, you know most forms of uh of work i'm 50 years old and i've been doing it for you know 30 years and it's still there's parts of it that are it's honestly like babysitting um like i, ba- I have 60 employees i feel like a full-time babysitter most of the time i think most people that own their own business do do you have 60 yeah. employees mm-hmm. between wow, kitchen yeah. and bartenders wow. and servers and yeah it takes a little bit a lot of people to run one yeah so what makes you a good babysitter um <laughs> i think um the good thing that i've been in just about every position in a restaurant that is possible from busser to server bartender manager subordinate manager you know when that owner owner however you want to look at it i kind of can empathize with what people's going what people are going through you know in whatever stage they're in you know everybody wants to feel important everybody wants to feel like they're heard sometimes just sitting down with people and listening to what they have to say you may not be you know a conversation that you know you want to have or always want to hear but there's always you know some truth in everything whatever the whatever the situation so just try to listen to people and you know take what you can from the situation and move on yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I would imagine you probably don't ask anybody to do anything you haven't already done or wouldn't do. Exactly. And uh, that's that's important in leadership, too. I mean, I I would imagine it's challenging in an industry where I would say, you know, that, that may or may not be their end game. Like, a lot of those employees, maybe that's not their dream or where they want to retire, you know, right. and so they're maybe moving through or you know, just as a stepping stone or things like that. I bet that would be a hard dynamic to kind of manage and get a buy-in because in teams you got to get that. You look at restaurants in front of the house. I mean, you have your lifetime people that are going to be in it forever. But then, you you know, you look to hire somebody as a host or, or as a server or bartender that you're going to be able to get three, four years out of at least, yeah. you know, yeah. before they move on. And, you know, the best thing I can always tell my managers is look for somebody who has payments because they're not going to miss work. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you uh, you got kids? I have four children. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So how old are they? Uh, my youngest is is just turned twenty one. Yeah. So and then I have a, a twenty three, twenty five, and twenty six. Any of them work over there? Um, they've all worked there for me at have some they? point. Yeah. But none of them are working. That's there right different. Now. Tell yeah. me how that went. Tell me how that was. I always tell them I'm not going to be your manager, and I don't want to hear your excuses. I'll fire you if you screw up, but um, that's kind of how I look at it. You've got the empathy for everybody else, but you're okay. They know better. They've been with me for 20 years. That's they don't have an excuse. Yeah, exactly. You've heard all their stories. I've heard all their stories. Yeah. But my good kids, I've been really lucky. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you do. Um, well, so, I mean, uh, from where the, when you were here four years ago and you kind of helped, you inherited some of your role here and they had kind of got it going, but you've done – You've had some influence. We've made some changes. Yeah, yeah, you've had some influence. So, are anything you kind of proud of, like feathering your cap type, proud of that was an idea that you brought to the table that sort of blossomed? I am really proud of the music uh, part of it. It's not really something that I really wanted to do. In fact, when I talked to Mike originally, I said we have a stage, but eventually we're going to move that. We're going to need the room for seating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, and Mike was like, whatever. And right now, if you go in there on a Friday or Saturday, we're at capacity. Yeah. You know, and um. We try to start our music later in the evening now, and I think that that's been a benefit. We start our music usually at 9 o'clock, which is after the major dinner rush is over and some people are starting to leave. So we really get a second coming of of guests coming in just for the music. So 
hmm. uh, kind of turned a negative into a positive for us, hmm. you know. Interesting. That's Is that your cool. idea to push yeah. that back a yeah. little bit? Yeah, We had originally were doing it, um, you know, like had so- smaller, softer bands, and we were doing them, you know, starting at 730, but restaurants don't work that way. Restaurants are make their money by table turns, and if mm-hmm. you have someone sitting there for two or three hours during the main business portion when you're supposed to be busy it's really hard to make money that way so yeah people wonder why you take cover charges well that's why you do it get them in and out of there right yep that's awesome no um a couple more for you man i I, this is great because you know it's getting community a chance to sort of see behind the curtain a little bit with you and um i know you said you already know a lot of people around but uh people that are going to watch this might not know you and uh, they've probably been and and seen the menu and eaten there and had some music uh taking in some of the music but what do you um, what do you consider like one of the things about the community? What you know of it? What are you most excited about going forward? Because obviously we're in a huge growth mode right now, second largest city in the country, like or gr- fastest growing city in the country. Sorry. Right. And so, what do you what do you like about what you think is down the road? Um, I think a lot of it is just being able to know the people that are in the community. Like most of the community leaders eat in our restaurant on a daily basis. I see them three or four times a week. Mm. Uh, Jody lives next door to me, actually, um, mm-hmm. the mayor, so that's nice. I mean, not that there's anything to do, but at least you feel like you have a say. If I want to tell Jody, hey, this isn't going right, or, you know, talk to Ray McDonald. He's one of the, he's one of the council members. His, his, um, one of his relatives actually works for me and is a manager. You know, if I need something, I can always talk to him and say, hey, what's the best way to do this or what's the best way to do that wow. so we can get what we need done. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a perk. You don't get that in big cities, you know. No, you don't. No, so, that's cool. And I, a lot of the big, a lot of the, the the business owners and stuff around town too that come in all the time. You know, I know them. I know them, and it's just it's cool. It is. Yeah, it is. You have any kind of desire to get your throw your hat in the ring for any sort of local government or? Um, right now, I'm busy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, um, that's probably not in my immediate future, but maybe as I get older and get things a little bit more you know, ironed out, but have more time to do it right now. I don't necessarily know that I have the time. Yeah. But uh, I've thought about it. What about, what about expansion? I know sometimes success doesn't always have to equal expansion, but to try to keep and maintain and preserve some of the uniqueness and I don't know, organic nature of the Pacific Yard. Like, well, I think for me um, and for our team is just trying to keep things new. mm. You know, if we, if we change the menu, two, three times a year. We have a, a new menu where it's going to roll out next couple weeks. Um, if you can keep it new, keep the – we're going to be adding a patio um, section to our – our uncovered patio is going to be covered with garage doors oh, and nice, stuff. So we'll have nice. another seating area for people that don't maybe don't want to be involved in the music scene. Um, there'll be music out there, but it won't be, you know, tied to the rest of the restaurant. So if they want to sit out there and not be, you know – and not have to listen to the Rickies or somebody like that play, then they can sit and chill out there, and we can use it for large rooms or large parties and stuff. Um, that'll be good. I think no, that'll be good. Nice. I think the biggest thing is keeping it fresh and trying to come up with new ideas to keep a new um, customer base always revolving through. Mm-hmm. I try to do that with music sometimes. Like if I feel like I want to bring some more people in from the woodlands, woodlands, I'll find an artist that's really big there and bring them in so when they have a following it brings 50 or 60 people has that in. worked before yeah doing that? It, it works okay yeah and then people are like we didn't know you were here well, that's why i brought in a different band so that's pretty strategic yeah, yeah. or look for like the rickies didn't used to always didn't play here and they're a 80s like an 80s 90s cover band they're mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands 
and um, they just play that genre of music from when I was a kid. And we were wanting to pick up some more of the um, some more of the April Sound and the people from the lake. So we brought that group in. We brought that band in, mm. and everybody that listens to them comes now from that area. Wow. So. Well, I mean, you're speaking my language because I mean, I'm 49. I'll be 50 in a few months. So yeah, that's, how often do you have them over there? Um, they play quite quite a bit actually. They're going to be playing for us on Valentine's Day. Uh, this next week coming up coming up on Monday mm-hmm. we're doing a different spin um, we've done the romantic thing we're not really a romantic spot so right. we're gonna go the other way with it we're gonna be a, we're gonna do a shred your ex bring in a photo we'll, um, we'll buy you an appetizer or a beverage and uh, run your a picture of your ex through the machine we'll listen to hard, hard rock music all night so <laughs> that's what we're gonna do this year for Valentine's so Day. is music gonna start a little earlier though on Valentine's yeah or it still will. Gonna be, it'll okay. be early I think it's just going to be a factor of getting everybody here. I mean, they're, most of those people have full-time jobs, too. So it'll probably be 7 or 7.30, somewhere like that, and we'll probably run it until 10. Yeah. And usually they, they play. They can play four-hour sets, so usually they start at 8 and end at midnight. What's but, it usually look like on Valentine's, like a normal Valentine's for y'all? Is it out-the-door <coughs> line like not everywhere really. else? Um, not really. Like I said, we've, we've definitely had a better go of it the last couple of years, but, we I mean, we're not really – we never really go out of our way to try to be in a romantic encounter. That's yeah. just not what we do. Sometimes it's better to not do what you don't do what you don't normally do. And that's good when you've been. I mean, married it. like twenty six years, you want to be a place where you don't yeah. have to fight all the. Yeah. Or we get all the single people that crazy. Too. It's it's it, it. We'll see. I've never done this one before here. I've done that it in another cool. concept, and it does work. That's really so cool. Yeah. Cool. I, not everybody wants to go out and. Some people want to go hang out with all their friends on Valentine's Day, you know, and or couples, and that's a good place for it to do, to do it, you know. That That'll is, that is. Well, um, so before I let you go, uh, favorite thing on the menu? Uh, spicy chicken and shrimp pasta. Really? Yeah, that's good. What about a dessert? Um, you know, I'm not really a big fan of desserts, um, but I think we have a new menu item coming out. We have two. One's going to be on our crawfish menu, which starts on Monday. Well, Tuesday. We're not starting anything on Valentine's Day. On Tuesday, we'll start a crawfish menu, and it has a bread pudding on there, and it's really good. It has a um, a bourbon infused icing that goes with it, and ice cream. That one's really good. But wow. the chocolate cobbler um, is not on the menu yet. It's going to replace one of our other um, our other. Desserts. Is that a and thing? Because I've never heard of that. Are you serious? Yeah, chocolate I'm, cobbler. I'll get you one. Bring it over here. And you'll be talking about it in the next segment. I'm already going to be. Yes, yeah, dude. It's good. Okay. Well, I mean, it I, was I, a, was something I used to run when we were in Little Rock, and it was a staple up there. They don't really have it here, and th- some called chocolate gravy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but um, it's basically not the gravy and those two things don't go together. But right, the chocolate cobbler is really popular in in Little Rock, and I was looking for it forever, and I just found a company and had it brought in from Little Rock. It's a pre-made product, but, yeah. man, it's super Who good. Who cares? It's like that's good. still it's good. Like a, it's like a lava cake, but in a cobbler form. It's That's awesome. Well, I'm yeah. going to put you on the spot one more time here and have you uh, favorite 80s cover that the Rickies do. Hmm. Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd. All right. I'll let you I'll let you camp on that Don't one. It sounds good, man. All right. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming. Uh, audience, he's been Teak Danielle. We've been the Bridge Podcast. Stay connected. Hey, I can't wait for you to hear this one today. Uh, we've got Todd Yancey, 
who is a longtime Conroe native, uh, has owned a business for over 40 years, Yancey Concrete, um, Ready Mix, and recently uh, somebody thought it was uh, he had done such a good job that they came in and, and decided to partner with him and purchase that company, but he's still staying on with them, which is remarkable. Uh, Todd just he just has it in him to be involved, and, and he's just got the work ethic that you don't find much nowadays, and so he's been fun to get to know even more and really just hear his heart for, for the Conroe area and the work he's done and the work he's going to continue to do um, here in the community, and so I can't, I can't wait to, to, for you to hear what he's got on his heart today. So uh, help me welcome Todd Yancey. Welcome to another episode of the Bridge Podcast, and today I have a longtime Conroe uh, citizen and leader, business owner, just all around good person. I've got Todd Yancey today. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. It's good to have you, man. I've never gotten to meet you. I, he I hear about you. Your name sort of speaks for itself in this town, and you owned the Conroe uh, Yancey Concrete for over fifty years, and just recently, I guess, right around the COVID. Uh, deal you, you had somebody come in and and give you an off make you an offer you couldn't refuse and but you're still on doing things running still, things right still work there and uh, we sold out it looks like it was just about right timing because covid hit right when it all happened uh, we were blessed to be here 51 years in business man oh man and so you grew up around this area am i right yes grew up um first lived on silverdale then grew up really in artesian lakes off 2854 oh, yeah. um, still here been in business here every day since I left Sam Houston and um, up until two years ago, and I still to continue to work for Smyrna Ready Mix, which is now the biggest concrete company in the United States, privately owned, mm. very Christian family, Christian-based operation, and um, they're very outspoken about being that. I just that's, want to say that. That's so good, man. That's so good. And you still get to be a, like, you know, players that retire, they, they get to be around the game if they're in broadcasting or they're just kind of in coaching what. You're you're around the game still, so you still didn't there. you didn't hang it up. You you may have sold, but you didn't hang it up. So no. are you you're still in? You've been in leadership for a long time, and that's what I want to talk to the audience about. Is just somebody that's done it for as long as you have, been consistent, been successful, <clears throat> um, had a high level of significant footprint in this community. Man, just talk about Conroe, because I mean, we're in a, a really interesting stage of Conroe right now, and just growth, just booming right and it, the potential is is limitless here and just the people i mean they're starting to get kind of a buzz again in conroe about what we can be what how have you seen this kind of community change and progress and what do you love most about it well, i love the most about it we still have a small home feel i mean we've got a, a a lot of the people even the new people i think like that we're still like a mm -hmm. we're a big town growing fastest mm -hmm. growing town now in the united states right um, we have the, the ex-president here today. He didn't pick Conroe just just because he felt like coming to Conroe. Right. He sees the growth here, the people that are moving here. I mean, right now, Conroe has a chance uh, to really shine, and that's what our mayor, Jody, says, yeah. you know, Conroe, we shine. And we've got a great mayor. We have a great city council. We have a great 
staff, and I didn't really realize this until I got on, I'm on city council, I'm sorry. And uh, I didn't realize how good they were. I mean, from our public works, Norm McGuire, our uh, engineers, our third floor, everybody we have here is uh, basically a family. I mean, really, really good people. They've all been here a long time. Paul Ferragamo, our, our city administrator, we've got some really neat Christian people running the city. Mm. And I think people are wanting to come to a city that's run by good people. Yeah. I mean, this is a place to move if you want to raise your family and be blessed. We have trees. I mean, we're close to Houston. We we have all these places moving here. And uh, mm -hmm. that's what I think Conroe to me is getting better and better. We're trying to rejuvenate downtown yeah. uh, with the help of the mayor and everybody involved. Frank Robinson's in charge of that. Um, yeah. Frank Jackson, who's building a place here in town's opening a new place here, trying to revitalize Conroe. Um, the table on Abbey. Right. I mean, um, right. we just have so many good people, just like what we're doing here right now. Yeah. If uh, people give us a chance, this town is going to shine. I'm telling you, it is, and and I I can see it. And sometimes, you know, just sort of the average citizen that's looking from the outside, and we're seeing things, and we're driving down streets, and we're like, oh, hey, I didn't know that was there, or look at that. I remember what that used to look like. And so now it does have kind of a a, a glisten to it, like it's got a little bit of a sparkle, you know, more, and it's going to continue to be that uh, because I see kind of where it's going and having the vision that our, our city government has and just the people to make it happen, not just talk about it. But before we get to that, what happened? I have a tore rotor cuff and a bicep was coming loose and last Wednesday uh, couldn't take it anymore and oh. one of the sports mess and put me back together and I get to wear this for five more weeks. You just know. played with the pain. You I played tried long to. enough with the pain and you couldn't yeah. bear it anymore. Well, that doesn't, I mean, I don't know if you're left-handed at anything, but if you are, uh, my condolences. Not, not anymore. Okay, well, yeah, no, so let's uh, let's talk about just, you. I mean, you've been in leadership, and maybe, you know, over the years you've learned some things and maybe forgotten some things about good leadership, but you're building teams. Like, you've done that for years. You've built leaders. In a, in a successful business, you can't help but do that. What would you say has been sort of your key secret sauce to building a good team for so long? Your family has done that and has had that consistent level of success. I think that's when, to me, like um, like our mayor, he's really involved in everything everybody below him does. Mm. And I ran the concrete company myself after Sam Houston about 40 years, really. And, um, and our people in our business know this. We probably poured more concrete out of this one plant than any one plant in Texas were positive, maybe the United States, because mm -hmm. Conroe's always grown, mm -hmm. but now it's really growing. But the deal to me is having a great leader who want, is willing to be the same level as his employees. Yeah. I was there when they got there in the mornings, if it's one or two, and they left at dark. I was one of the last ones to leave, and I did it my whole life. But if your boss is willing to pay the price, my people used to see they did their part too. Yeah. And uh, we had a great, great team. It was, yeah. it was a lot of work, but it was it was worth it. Well, I mean, I bet I could line up a lot of those people and, and they could attest to you're not just the guy shouting it from the ivory tower. No. You're, you're rolling up your sleeves and, and you're coming in in boots and jeans and, and getting dirty uh, just like they are. And, and man, I, I think players like to play for that kind of coach. I mean, if we're talking sports, any, any walk of life, you want to see a, a guy that's first there, last there, and, and, and leading by example. Well, so you mentioned our city officials and, and just our city government, and, and seems like that's the culture we're building here in Conroe, just from a top-down, 
standpoint, and, and you're part of city council. So, um, man, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think we need to? What do you think Conroe is going to look like in I don't know five or ten years? What what's your vision personally? Just because I know you know what's going on behind the <laughs> scenes. Like, what do you see being? What does good look like for Conroe in five or ten? I think we're going to look really good, but we need to keep control of everything. That we're going to have a lot of growing pains. I mean, we're going to have to spend a lot more money than we're really planning on, I think, on the infrastructure, our streets, our, everything we have is going to change. We are going to change. But we've got so many good people. Like our, I'm just saying, it makes me think about the Condo Tigers. Sure. Our football team is doing better. Yeah. When I graduated, it was in 1977, and everybody in the state of Texas back in the 70s knew where Conroe was right. because of the Conroe Tigers. Right. And I wish we could get it back to where we could be. More kids are involved in more things like that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my opinion. Put these phones down. Let's get back to being a real family in life. Absolutely. And, I mean, you you have you have comparison to draw, you know, history to draw from. And, and so you see it maybe turning the corner now to maybe a glimpse of what it might have been in the late 70s, early 80s, before we had all these other towns around us that kids started going to the woodlands and doing that kind of thing. But... We might be bringing it back to prominence, you know, if you're watching anything about Conroe athletics and specifically football. I think Coach has got it on the right track over there. He's building that culture. Absolutely. Um, And and so, you know, your key to building that culture is just leading by example from what I hear you say. And then you're talking about, you know, kind of asking – I can tell without you saying it, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but asking the community to stay patient over these – years of growth because we are going to have growing pains and we might feel that ripple effect you know in our homes in our pocketbooks in our whatever but if we're in it for the long haul and we all get on board a vision like a team does a coach then we got to stay on that track and just be patient and, and believe in what our leaders are doing so um wh- how long have you been on city council you just one get year on? and two one, okay so one year and two first time to ever be on city council yes, okay what, what's uh, been like the most challenging part of that for you? There's a lot to learn, a lot of uh, videos to watch, a lot of classes. But I've had, to, uh, like I said earlier, the team, the people have taken really good care of everybody. We've learned a lot and still learning. I think I'll learn it by, I have three more years. I think uh, it's a learning curve that never stops. And 90% of the people that come to us with any kind of situation, Maybe almost 100% have been great people. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many good people here we don't ever get to see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so many great people that are moving here have questions about Conroe. I mean, we're blessed to be in this place. I mean, people don't realize we've got a lot of great churches, yeah. you know, a lot of great Christian people here. And I think people are moving here because they want to raise their families in a place where people aren't afraid to talk about it. I mean, right. I'm not afraid to talk about it. You'll, you'll realize here in a few minutes. Of course, of course. I'm not. And I believe this town's like that. Yeah. They want to come to a place where they can feel like a yeah. good place to be, like a little old town, but we're not a little town. We have the little town feel, but we're not little. I, I almost want to say we need to recreate Mayberry, I guess. I was going to say that, but I didn't. <laughs> were you really? I was okay. really close. Well, I, I, I mean, I don't know why that came to me, but when you're talking about small towns, that's what I think of. And, and you know, I think a lot of people are hungry for some of the old school ways of doing things, some of the kind of getting back. And, yeah, technology is kind of sp- – springboarded us into into waters that we weren't necessarily familiar with and we have to adapt i get it technology's awesome that we're sitting here right now i may not have ever met todd yancey but we can still do both like i'd like to get back to being big but on a small scale if that even makes sense and um i i just want to uh, see where this is going because I, I know 
Conroe's doing a ton of, I mean, just look at downtown, just look at, uh, you know, just some of the outlying areas where there's development everywhere. And, you know, Grand Central is, I mean, it's becoming a, its own little metropolis as we speak. And uh, so what are you most encouraged about with the growth? Like, what are you looking forward to seeing kind of going forward as far as what's in the works and what, what you're going to be standing back going, wow. We have our new convention centers going here, and we have so many houses, and, I mean, subdivisions and all. I think to me would be uh, safety. Conroe's pretty to me. is very, very safe. We don't have a lot of crime, mm -hmm. and we need, all need to stick with our police, our fire, our yeah. mayor, I mean, our city council. Mm -hmm. If we all stick together, I mean, this is what we can set an example for the rest of the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have much crime. We need to basically support our police. I believe in us 100%. And, uh, yeah. And just help keep our town clean. That's one thing I'm really in right now. I'm getting better at. But I want to keep Conroe clean. I mean, I want to get the places cleaned up that aren't really, or I'm just saying, our eyesore need to be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. That's a big issue to me. I was born and raised here, and I want to keep our town looking good. Yeah. And uh, the people moving here and all of us here, if we all work together, uh, we can get it done. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what, why do you think we have a low crime? You know, I mean, it's not like we're, a, you know, we've got a lot of, there's a lot of people that live here. I mean, Conroe's, by the day, growing exponentially. I mean, what, what, why do we have low crime here? I mean, you said get behind police, but we're doing something right, right? We just need to keep doing it. A lot of people are still basing on their, they're close with their family. They're close with their churches. I mean, I know a lot of people here in Conroe. I'm just telling my side. Absolutely. And I would say... I don't know anybody that isn't really a Christian or that faith. And that's what's based here to me. Mm -hmm. And the media didn't want to talk about that. And that plays a big factor in how we handle everything we do, how we run our city council, how we run this town. It's a lot of faith based that, um, on our staff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you grew up with that example for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you carried that torch, uh, throughout your family. And, and I think, like you said, to your point, everybody, you know, we're creating this family unit as a city, but we're also, we've got pockets of actual families who are raising up those kids in that principles, values, core, you know, core values, that kind of thing. And, and like you said, you're seeing the fruits of that right now. So, uh, how many, how many kids, grandkids, any? I have two kids. I have a daughter who's in her last semester in University of Houston in law school. Oh, wow. And uh, my son's out of A&M. He works for Vulcan Materials here, uh, based out of Conroe. Yeah. And I went to church here at First Baptist. I grew up in First Baptist Church right here uh, with Jeff Berger's uh, okay. pastor. I grew up right there uh, all my life. And uh, Yeah. I mean, I've seen this town change and uh, in a good way. Of course. You know. Of course. Yeah. I mean, so, what? you know, when you're... I don't know how long you, you plan to, to be in the game with what you're doing. I don't know if you got your sights set on, you know, traveling the world or, or joining the BASS fishing tour or I don't know. What are you gonna what are you planning to do after you kinda step away from the, the rigor of eight to five or seven to seven, whatever you're working now? <laughs> Still start early and go late. But I don't know. I've always worked and always had a job since I was thirteen and I worked for a home builder in Conroe. But um, I don't know. I know right now city council's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot more to it. Uh, when they came to me, Toby Powell, the ex-mayor, was one of the mm -hmm. ones. Jim Gentry was probably the main person who talked to me about it, mm -hmm. and several other people that are here at the city now. And uh, there's a lot more. You can do a lot more for the city. And I thought about just doing that more, and I would have to stop working as much. And that's probably the next thing is being a, trying to be a better citizen and a better city council person for the city of Conroe. Wow. Because uh, you want to leave something behind you good. Sure. In Conroe, uh, 
we're a good town. We need to keep it that way, and we can get better. Yeah, of course, of course. So I guess it sounds like to me you had opportunities maybe before now to be on city council. What what prevented it, or was it just the work schedule and just kind of had a, a tight grip on, on the company at the time for 40 years? Like, what kept you from doing it till now? I was obsessed with work, and it's a, I brag about it in a way, but I'm sad. I wish I probably wouldn't have worked as hard as I did, but I was uh, in work mode most of my life. Yeah, yeah, but hey, it's never too late, right? No, never I'm, too late. Yeah. And you, it sounds like you're making a, a footprint uh, in the city council now, and, and you've got sky's the limit for you. I mean, who knows? You, you might be doing more than just that. Some, I don't know. God put me here for a reason. We'll see. Absolutely. Well, man, I, I appreciate you being here today. I, I, I've enjoyed getting to know you because, I, like I said, without Clyde Vogel and without maybe doing this podcast, I don't know where we would have met, you hey, know, uh, but I might have run into you at church at some point. But not. I pre- <laughs> I'm so glad I came. I appreciate you for being here. And, uh, you know, audience, uh, it's been uh, awesome for me. And, and I know you've gotten to see behind the curtain a little bit on a, on a what I'll call even a business legend in Conroe, just a, a person of, of morals, values, principles that is passing that to the next generation. So with that, he's been Todd Yancey. We've been The Bridge Podcast. Take care. Hey, we've got a good one today, uh, as usual. Hopefully you would agree with that. Um, I've got uh, one of the owners here and operators from Copperhead Brewery. We have Mark Ernest, who he and his family have started Copperhead Brewery. And and you get to hear today about some of the challenges uh, that they've had over the pandemic and the last couple years and just some of the ways they've had to navigate uh, those waters and really find creative ways to just kind of uh, develop their business and uh, maintain that presence that they've always had here and uh, you get to hear about Mark's and his history here and longtime Texan uh, but he's he's got passion he's got uh, some energy about his company and some some fire about it and he's he's very proud of the work they've done over there and as he should be and Mark's very good with his hands he's he's built that place over there and and he continues to add improvements and and do the right things and so we're lucky to have him here in the community and uh, we're excited to have Mark Ernest with Copperhead Brewery. And don't forget, Tuesdays, 11 a.m., you can get us right here on Lone Star uh, Internet Radio. Uh, find us at IRLoneStar.com backslash um, TBPTX, The Bridge Podcast, Texas. Can't wait to hear what you think of this episode. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Bridge Podcast. Today, I've got uh, a great guest. I've got Mark Ernest from Copperhead Brewery, man. Thanks for coming. Hey, welcome. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It's good to meet you. Good to, to kind of get a new face uh, yeah. that, I, that I run into, and, and I've known the brand for a long time. Good. Uh, how long have you been in business? We've been in business six years. Okay. Well, I don't know if you can count 2020, but, you know, five years. A lot of people won't want to count it, but uh, did that one, how'd that one hit you? Oh, we're, you're, you're closed until further notice? That, that went over real big with me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was real good, yeah. Well, you, you survived <laughs> anyway. Yeah, still, and still here, yeah. You and a lot of people. Um, how'd you, so have you always just been in the beer industry or, you know, restaurant industry? or What, what kind no, of got you there? No, 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 not at all. Um, 
my boys have. So my oldest son is the engineer at St. Arnold's. So he's been there 16 years or whatever. So he, he built the place. Mm. So then my youngest son worked there for three years, but in packaging. But during that time, he started home brewing. And he's got a knack for it. He really does. He makes some good beer. Hmm. Um, so at that point, we said, now let's try a brewery. Wow. Yeah. And so before so before you started this, what's your background? Oh, well, how far back are we going here? Um, my family business uh, is Camperland. Okay. Which started out on Fraser Street and then moved up to the North Loop. And then now is located, well, not now. My cousin just sold it, but it... Um, 1488 and 45. Gotcha. So I grew up, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in business here. Okay. With family. How long have you lived in this area? I've been here 40, I don't know, 45 years. Okay. All right. So, what what has changed most aside from it just (laughs) quadrupling in population and everything else? Yeah, Yeah. 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 It's just gotten bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which isn't bad, but sometimes, you know, when I can't get across Fraser, it's upsetting. That small town that you fell in love with, yeah, right? Not, that that silence that you yeah. fell in love with when you walk outside, kind of. It's, it's not that small anymore. But, you know, it's breathing new life. Oh, it is. And it's, the heartbeat is, is pumping pretty fierce, oh, yeah. um, but which can only be good things for oh, yeah. for you. Um, what do you, what, so when you, did you, where'd you go to high school? Now, I grew up in Northern California. Northern California, yeah. okay. So, so I came up, here and worked. Actually, I went to Montgomery High School in California. So ah. I've, I throw that out for years. I went to Montgomery High School, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. But Yeah, we'll edit that out. No, I'm <laughs> just playing. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, yeah, I moved here when I was 16 because uh, my, my, my family, my aunt and uncle and cousins and everything, started Camperland, and through the family, it's like, oh, well, yeah, we could use help. So I packed up the car and moved to Texas and been here ever since. Well, I mean, that's becoming a common occurrence nowadays. Yeah, the, I was a little ahead of the California. Curve, you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're a visionary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, man, so you came on to, you started this with your sons, and, and uh, has it been any moments where you were just kind of like, man, this is, oh, I wish we'd have been doing this our whole lives. Do you love it that it's, much? It's, <laughs> it's been a struggle the entire time. Okay. It's a weird industry. It really is. Uh, making beer is, is not not the most important thing. It is the most important thing, but it's not for the business. Mm. It's a weird business, especially if you're being distributed. Um, Texas is kind of screwed up that way. TABC's messed up. Mm. Distributors sprinkle money all over Austin. All the laws are written for distributors, not for wow. not for breweries. Wow. Um, and if you sign with a distributor, basically they own you by law. Is that right? Yeah. So it's 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 an interesting business. Um, you know, making beer is the easy part. It's it's you know dealing with that is is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for six years you made it work. Uh, yeah. Well, so first distributor, we ended up suing each other and oh. getting rid of each other. And, oh, you know, so one big happy family. One big happy family. Second distributor, the largest in the state, and they're useless. Okay. Um, so separating from them was straightforward because we had an understanding going in. Yeah. So now I'm not self, I'm not distributed at all at the moment. I haven't been distributed in about the last five months. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing you say that you're about to start a distributorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what don't you wish, right? 
Yeah. 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 Me and me and my pickup truck. We're gonna we're gonna start distributing. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, have you had any good kind of business people that you've looked up to along the way? Because it sounds like you've been in family. Like you've oh got, no no yeah it's in your it's in your blood. No, I mean, well, entrepreneurship. I mean, and way way back when, all the old businessmen in town, everybody drank coffee together every morning. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I still do, and I, I still drink coffee with the same guys for the last forty five years. Every really? Morning. Yeah. The the ex mayor Toby Powell. I mean, you Love know, we drank coffee, man. drank coffee with Toby every morning for. 40 whatever years and, love that and uh and that doesn't happen that much anymore but i mean years ago all the all the businessmen we everybody met and, and before they got their day going and that doesn't happen that so much. so you don't do it still oh i do oh, yeah okay. and then, then they're still they're, back up they're it's getting pretty lean so i was one of the youngest ones way back when too many drive throughs well, too, yeah, too, too, too many, too many <laughs> starbucks <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right so what's your uh now that we're on a, the best topic uh in the world coffee yeah. uh what what uh, what's your what's your brand? Where do you where do you hang out? Where where was the hangout for forty years? Uh, years ago, it was uh, Shipley's or uh, Polly's, which uh, now you well it's closed again. Uh, what was it? Baytown, Polly's is closed. Baytown Seafood is oh, what yeah. the last thing that was. Okay. Years ago, that was that was a Shipley's Donuts in the beginning. Wow. Many many years ago. Really? Yeah. And so that was like the only thing open. One of the few things open in the morning. Yeah. So, like I said, all the businessmen met every morning, and you know, and and we still do. I mean, there's still okay. there's still a few handfuls of us left. Yeah. yeah. Well, you may just have to start like a coffee, like a beanery now, like <laughs> branch off from the beer brewery uh-huh. and just kind of because you might have less regulations, right? Might be able to distribute yeah. a little. Got to be easier. less regulations in the beer business. And then we all go to your coffee place yeah, okay. and have coffee. I don't know. Right. That's just a thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we make we make good coffee stouts. Is that right? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, you might want to make note of that, uh, Mr. Producer. Uh, no, so so you have had some some good people that you've looked up to, and you've kind of followed in. Sure. Family business now, still family business, just kind of different industry. Like, what makes you able to? I mean, because I I grew up in a family business. My my family had a restaurant in small town I lived in. I just kind of looked at that, thinking, golly, that's a that, that looks like a headache, but then I would see all the community kind of gravitate yeah. to the place and it's just kind of have that, that warm feel to it. I mean, do you kind of still feel some of that? Yeah, as to without, without you, a doubt. I mean, yeah. in, in the tap room, um, I got the same regulars. I mean, it's, 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 it's you know, they've almost become family. I mean, you know, I got, I got some people that are there, you know, every other night of the week for, for you know, year in, year out and everything. Mm. So, and, and uh, we've become pretty, pretty tight with, you know, a lot of, customers yeah yeah so do you guys do anything like when we have local events around like in town or you know i would say fairgrounds but i don't i don't there's no, probably then, then again, can't do any of that w- weird business yeah so you have and i'm, I'm not gonna mention any that's name. my ignorance I, yeah, for no, somebody no, that doesn't no, no, know this, the business this, it's, and like I said, it's a weird business so, so take the fair okay um i i can't be there um southern star can't be there be the other breweries in town yeah can't be there because a very large distributor, we're not naming names, yes, no. pays the county gotcha. for the rights to be the only beer there. Gotcha. And even though it's my town, I can't be associated with my own fare. Got it. Wow. So you kind of are in politics, just on the wrong end of it. <laughs> I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of everything. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's an interesting dynamic. I never really yeah. thought about Cat, that. Catfish Festival, same thing, same people. They pay the city. Big check, but the only but you could there. technically just have your room open, your tap room open. Yeah, but I'm this. not downtown. And then you're gonna, then you can like just sort of yeah, no, <laughs> have people no. spread out throughout the city. Well, 
So, so the, the, the downtown, you know, now that it's growing up a little bit and there's a few businesses yeah. that have actually made it now for yeah. a while, they, they can be open downtown because that's where their business is, but I can't be part of that. Gotcha. Kind of, it's, then again, weird thing. That is weird. Money. That is weird. Well, uh, so do you see anything down the road that might help the situation other than if you could just kind of crystal ball this thing and make all the distributing laws go away? But anything, how, what are you going to do down the road to get a new distributor and those kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, right right now we're just we're just keeping it real close. Um, uh, still trying to get, you know, I've got, this is like two years of COVID now. It just won't go away. It's brutal. So it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's put a hamper on all kinds of things. Yeah. So we're just floating along right now, seeing where it goes. A little bit in the future, I might look for another distributor. Yeah, and, yeah. and get out again, and and uh, takes a lot of money to ramp back up. So, uh, like I said, it's 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 been it's been tough the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, so I mean, I hope you guys stay around because you guys are you know everybody knows the name in Conroe, yeah. and you guys are well known. Yeah. So well, my son makes my son makes really good beer. So we just but we just bottled a big uh, barley wine earlier. So we're releasing that tomorrow. So we'll have a Shepherd of Fire, which is a big uh, 11.5% barley wine. Mm. And then the 25th, uh, a couple Fridays from now, uh, King of Terrors, which is well-known throughout the state. A hmm. uh, big 15% coffee stout hmm. uh, will be released. That's, a, that's our biggest event of the year. So it'll be, it'll be packed. It'll be standing room only all night. Well, I was going to ask you, you kind of led me into that, but I was going to ask you, like, if we were going to pick one signature brew that you guys do that that people across the country would recognize copperhead for no. what would that be king, king of terrors yeah okay yeah it's it's it how it gets the places it gets to i don't know how that manages really? i mean yeah I, I we even got contacted a couple of years ago uh, a guy in italy said man I, I just had king of terrors best beer i've ever had whoa yeah how it got there i have not a clue i mean beer gets mailed all over the world but yeah so that was that was kind of funny. So are you either. are you the name guy? Do you come up with No, the... actually that's my son. No. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, King of Terror. King that doesn't, of Terrors. Kind of like, doesn't sound like something I want to just like chug like No, you know. no, no, no. <laughs> you don't want to chug it. Uh, actually the last time somebody chugged it at the brewery, they started taking shirts and stuff off. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't yeah, pretty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, those days might have passed me by. <laughs> okay, um but I, I, I remember those. But no, so I just was curious what, what uh and the logo, I mean, is that is that your? Are you the artistic side of the, things? The, the actually the, the logos and or the artwork. We got some pretty cool artwork. Yeah. Um, that is a young lady in London that does all of our artwork. Uh, really? Yeah, my son found her online. She was doing a, a album art for metal bands in London, and he saw her art. And he, so he contacted her online and said, "Have you ever done label art?" And she said, "No." Sounds like fun though. So she's done all of her art from day one. She's crazy. Whoa. You, you just give her an idea and just let her go, and and she comes back with amazing stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that he would have. Yeah. How do you find that? How do you? You, you know exactly. You know, it's like, that's oh crazy. well, she has really neat artwork, and she does have some neat artwork. Yeah. She's a little dark and a little twisted, maybe, but that's okay. Okay. It okay. works. All right. Well, uh, what do you what do you like most about kind of the vision that you see? I mean, because we talked about Connor growing, and it's you know, there's growing pains. We know that there's crowds there's traffic but aside from that you've been here long enough you're you're a texan yeah. uh so what what do you what fires you up most about the future of conroe i think just just the growing of it i mean it, it's 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 interesting to watch how it how it keeps going outwards it's just crazy mm -hmm. um 
the the amount of houses they're building right now is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess people are coming to fill those houses. So, right. Um, right. But I mean, there's like 1,200, 1,200 houses being put in up on 830 right now. I mean, they're just everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it is a developer's dream, uh, you know, playground right now. Yeah. Well. Yes. Now, after after RVs and the family business, I got into satellites and cell phones and all that good stuff. And then I, I wired lots of homes, uh, audio, video, security. Mm-hmm. And back back when you know, 10, 20 years ago, that was local builders. Um, and I had a handful of custom builders. They're all gone now, uh, which is kind of sad. Uh, the Dr. Hortons, the big box builders, got here. Right. Used to you used to be you had people develop land. They would sell lots. They'd sell ten lots to a builder. Yeah. He'd build spec homes and whatever. Yeah. And the big boys don't do that. Yeah. They buy the land. They develop the land, and they're the builder. Yeah. So, you know, those guys got kind of pushed out, too. And, boy, do they use every inch of that lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, the house Oh, no, it's, swallows it's, it's, the it's lot. Four, four houses to the acre. Yeah, so, yeah, that's interesting. But, you know, I guess there's good and bad with the that's, growth. That's it's just the way just it is. the way it's going to be. That's you know, your neighbor's going to be yep. from here to there. That's yeah. just the way it's going to be. And there's no more, yeah, well, there's I mean, very little, you yeah, know, acre I mean, and a half oh, lots. Oh, yeah, yeah, here forever. I mean, acres, there's plenty of land everywhere. There's plenty of, you know, everything was acreage lots. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. You know, acres lot's hard to find right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, any plans for you? I ask a lot of people this just because uh, the people who have been here a long time, any any plans for you to get involved in local government or any sort of personally area where you can have some influence, no. maybe more than just <laughs> no. on social media? Huh? <laughs> no. Not at all, Not right? At all. No, no. I know a lot of those politicians all my life. Why they want to put themselves through that, I have not a clue. Well, I mean, it yeah, gives them a reason to go have coffee give, with you in the morning. <laughs> huh? a reason to go have coffee. <laughs> oh, it seems like, no, it seems miserable to me. Well, I mean, I don't know that I could do it, but I mean, yeah. I'm glad that there are those people. Oh, no, people no, that, somebody needs to do that, have, but, it, but that's Because this me. place would be a circus without yeah. good leadership. Yep. Um, so I guess what I'll do is, is ask you one last question here, and maybe two, maybe two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want people to say about Copperhead Brewery like just the culture like what you've built the family yeah, name it's, like it's it's family it's friendly it's uh I mean people come in we're kind of hard to find we're we're like my, my address is technically Fraser Street 822 right. Fraser yeah. but my front door is on Galveston there, yeah yeah so I'm on Galveston but 911 says I'm on Fraser so I, mm. I lost that battle with them so that's what my address is so it's, it's kind of weird but it, it works but when people find us they they, they generally come back um, it's laid back. It's it's happy. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you kind of involved in, with marketing or promoting or any of that? Um, or a little you, bit. You just the brains behind the operation. Yeah, I keep everything running. Yeah, I built the place. I mean that okay. that's what I do. I'm, I'm I'm the mechanical end of that. Wow. So I wired it. I plumbed it. I I did all that. I bu- I built it. I built the bar. I built the brewery. All that. And I keep everything functioning. Wow. That's my main thing. That's impressive. I mean, you can't have it without you then. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and six years later, things are starting to break a lot more, too. Yeah. Yeah, a little, little wear and tear on stuff. But. Well, I mean, I, I can see, I mean, I think you guys will turn a corner. I mean, this COVID thing is Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to go away soon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me predict that for okay. you. Okay. I would have predicted that six months ago. <laughs> yeah, but um, No, so, okay, one last thing. Tell us something that nobody knows about you that's kind of interesting. Not crazy, but... Maybe crazy. I don't know. Just give us something about you that maybe we don't know that's interesting I'm sorry, or unique. I'm, I'm, I'm too old to be crazy. I mean, all right. Yeah. Well, then let's turn that crazy <laughs> word into something unique, interesting. 
unique in him. From crazy to interesting. I'm not. What do we know? What do we need to know about you? I'm. I don't know. I'm not that interesting. Okay. Basically, we make beer. I mean, we make good beer and and and, you know, try to try to have a good time. It's better than making bad beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of bad beer out there. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming today, <laughs> man. Hey, uh, audience, I've enjoyed it. He's been Mark Ernest. We've been The Bridge Podcast. Stay connected. Yeah, so I enjoyed that, all three of those guys, and uh, I'm glad you guys tuned in. As always, Tuesdays, 11 a.m., you can find us, you can find me, you can find The Bridge Podcast TX, you can go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TBPTX. That'll roll off the tongue eventually at some point. But for the Bridge Podcast TX, it was good having you. See you again soon.